Hey, what's up, folks? This is Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 82 of Breaker Culture Weekly. Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Oh my goodness, it's so good to be back. Thank you so much for listening here. Episode 82, uh, my name's Ty, again, Breaker Culture. Uh, I'm sorry for the hiatus. My goodness, well, I, we have been in the middle of a move. My wife and I and our kids, we've been moving across the city and uh, in the middle of that process. this is We've moved a few times, but as you get more kids, you accumulate stuff, you forget. You just forget how hard it is to move. And I don't know why people stay at houses for 15, 20 years. It just makes perfect sense now. But uh, anyway, enough of my whining. Glad to be back. Glad to, to step away and and, uh, and make this episode happen. Today, we have, a, we have a couple topics that I'm excited to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, my experience at the, the uh, Million Card opening in Dallas that I got invited to. Uh, again, props to Tops. Thank you for the invite. That was really fun. Give you my thoughts on that. Um, and then I want to talk about it. It's a topic that's really been burning inside my soul, deep inside my soul, uh, how to prepare for a coming pullback in the hobby. And uh, something I really want to talk about, just kind of peeking at conversation happening in the you know different channels, the Discord channel, our Patreon group, all that stuff. Um, seeing a trend, and I wanted to point some things out to you and give you my thoughts. Um, so just a conversation, a little fireside chat today. No guest. But uh, before we dive into that, I wanted to mention a couple things. Uh, first off, if you haven't been to BreakerCulture.com in, in a while, go check out BreakerCulture.com. Uh, some really good guest articles from two of our, our favorite guest writers. We have uh, Paolo, who's put out a few more articles in the past few weeks. He just put out a new one that was really good. How I flipped my way out of $6,400 in debt. Uh, his strategy to flipping sports cards, and it's a, uh, it's it's an easy read. It's a real fun story of how he uh, unfortunately dug himself into some debt, and then thought, you know what, I'm going to take a big gamble, and I'm going to try to flip my way out of this with some sealed wax. So it's uh, it's pretty fun. So go check that out on BreakerCulture.com. And then Tyson's been pushing out his content. Baseball season, he's in his prime, and uh, we had him on a few shows ago. It's it's good. Go check out the the recent articles from from Tyson. And uh, you can check out some of his picks for baseball players and, and prospects to be to spend the money on investing this this upcoming season. So pretty good stuff. Um, I wanted to say real quick, if you're not on the Discord channel, please get on the Discord channel. Some seriously good conversation, guys. Seriously, if you don't have the app or if you don't want to figure out how to use it, I, I understand. But it's it's so simple. The Discord app makes life easy. I cannot recommend it enough. It is by far one of the better decisions I've made in the last year or so with uh, with the community. It's helped facilitate so much good relationship and conversation. It's helped us all kind of spur the moment, ask questions to each other, get feedback, and uh, lots of newbies, lots of you know people that have been around for a little bit, and then lots of veterans. And you know, you got a mix of breakers and, and shop owners. It's it's just really good. Link is in the show notes. Discord channel. Uh, I think you'll enjoy that conversation. And then finally, if you don't, if you're not a part of the Patreon group, uh, definitely check us out. It's uh, patreon.com 
forward slash breaker culture link is in the show notes as well. And uh, we have premium membership levels where we're giving out, uh, we put out our analytics, some of our uh, analytics every three days. We put out a new set of analytics for different sports. We do a basketball uh, weekly analytics report. We do a baseball one biweekly. Uh, we've been looking a lot at 2019 products and uh, giving you some feedback on kind of how those prospects look and, and where pricing should be and is. And now we're looking at 2020 with the tops released this week or last week. So uh, all kinds of analytics for you to make better decisions, buy smarter, buy quicker, buy better. Um, so jump into that group and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you there at the Patreon side. Okay, I'm going to plug something real quick before we jump into this conversation. And uh, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to today because I am so excited. I'm so excited about what's happening um, What's happening in, two, in about two weeks. Uh, we're releasing some some really big news that I think you're gonna love, and something we've been working on for quite some time, and I cannot wait. So I just wanted to I wanted to prime the pump a little bit, just remind you to to keep checking back because first week of March you're gonna see some some developments, a um, little bit of an expansion that I think you will enjoy. So uh, you'll be getting some more hints and info over the next few weeks, but uh, it's it's be, it's gonna be better for all of us. And uh, especially you as listeners and as part of the community. So uh, be listening for that, watching for that. Um, and uh, yeah, first week of March, it's happening. All right, let's jump into the conversation today. So I want to start real quick by just talking about my experience briefly at the million pack opening that, that I went to, I was able to attend, uh, it was two weeks ago now, um, in Dallas for the afternoon. And, and again, thank you to tops. Thank you, Emily, for inviting me. Um, really was a good experience. And, uh, it was obviously right down my lane with, with what we do here in the podcast and, and the people that we've worked with in the breaker community for the past couple of years. Um, I think there was, there was probably some unfortunate misconceptions from the community about what the event was trying to portray. Um, I think the, uh, I think there was a little bit of this idea that, oh, this is a very exclusive event. Well, you know, why, why couldn't us normal collectors be there to see this, to interact, to talk to the players? And, and, um, I get it. I get it. It, it maybe came across that way. And I don't, I didn't watch the stream and I didn't get to see a lot of the marketing on the front end. But I, I, let me, I tell you this, from, from being in that room and from interacting with the people, uh, I can tell you with some fairly good confidence that I, I don't think they intended for that to be the perception and the messaging. Um, so I think they, they probably probably swung and missed and we'll re, kind of readdress, readdress that next year if they do this again. But uh, yeah, I, I, I truly think they, they did want to make this very much community-based. And, and look, all these hits and giveaways and stuff, they were going to collectors, guys. These are people that bought into spots. You had the opportunity to buy into these spots from any one of these 18, 19 breakers. So for those that are complaining about, hey, why couldn't we have access to these million cards? Well, guys, you had access to these cards. They were being sold through breakers. Um, so step back a minute and realize, okay, maybe you missed the opportunity to buy those, but the opportunity did exist. And I talked to many breakers out there that were, that were at that event 
And some of them had a hard time selling spots. Like there were spots open kind of going, leading up to a couple days before. Um, and props to tops too, for taking, taking a shot on the couple breakers that, you know, aren't quite as established, aren't quite the big names. So good for them on kind of getting a good mix of breakers in. But, but again, back to that point, um, I think tops did swing and miss. Maybe it came across a little bit too exclusive. Um, some of that stuff, it's hard to really portray in a, in a kind of a streaming event. But while I was there, I got a pretty good vibe that, you know what? They were trying to reach out and say, we're going to try to make this flagship product um, a little bit more breaker friendly this year. We're going to try to add some flair around it and uh, make it fun. And for that, I will say, say good job, uh, Tops. And uh, good job, Breakers, man. You guys, that was not easy. Like, I don't think you guys realize if you were watching, if you didn't pick this up, a lot of these Breakers, I mean, they don't, they don't normally break, especially 18 cases of series one very few breakers break that much series one um especially in that short of of the time right 10 hours i mean there was breakers flying through products i mean mojo at certain points was like i mean those guys over there at mojo like they're running the numbers in their head they've got the timer going and they're trying to figure out how fast they're doing these cases i mean because that you're kind of under the gun Uh, that's a tough tough gig and and uh and sorting and getting everything shipped and, and and ready for all the collectors out there that bought in spots um, not an easy task. And so props to you guys that, that really worked your tails off to make it work. Um, and there were some f- super fun hits and the giveaways that were to give, they were given away were, were really fun. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a, as a fairly well executed event. I think it, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good learning experience, a good foundational, um, event that I think can be replicated on different levels. I think, as we look at, you know what, maybe small groups of breakers getting together in certain regions and doing little, um, you know, break events, afternoon break events where you can buy into spots and you can even stream it and, and doing certain little breakout sessions like that, that, that could become kind of trendy and fun um, as a good way to really get the community involved. As you're looking at ways, okay, how do we, how do we fill that gap where the hobby shops used to have and draw the community in and now we get this perception that breakers are driving community away. Although you could argue that when you're online, there's a pretty darn good community in some of these places. Let's figure out a way to kind of bridge that gap and maybe creating events like this, where we get clusters of breakers together for break sessions could be a way of doing it. I think that is kind of a thought that I left with um, after that event. So anyway, again, thank you tops for inviting me and uh, got lots of good notes, had lots of good conversations uh, from, from all the breakers and a lot of the folks at tops and, and in the hobby. So, uh, yeah. Second topic, something that's burning in my soul, uh, how to prepare for a pullback. And I, and I want to, I want to preface this by saying like, look, I, I, I'm super glad to see the hobby is just exploding at its seams. Like it, we can't contain the type of growth right now within the hobby. That's what it feels like. I don't know if you guys that have been around the hobby, like I've been doing this a long, long time, right? I mean, 15 plus 20 years. I, I, I've, you, we've seen a couple of these ups and downs, but nothing ever like this to this magnitude. Um, it just feels like it's, it's almost like the stock market, right? And there's probably a very, very clear parallel between the two right now. Um, it just feels like it can't be stopped. And when, if, when something feels like it can't be stopped, you have to step back in anything, but especially in sports cards right now, I think you have to pull yourself back a minute and you have to say, okay, wait a second. 
are we getting are we are we getting out in front of our skis? Are we getting way too far ahead of ourselves? Because I I kind of get that feeling that maybe we are. And um, so I've been thinking, been thinking, okay, how how can we as collectors and some of us as a, you know investors in certain products and players, how can we better prepare, set ourselves up for that coming pullback because it will happen whether it's three months from now or two years from now it is going to happen guys and you want to be smart and not get caught in a tough situation so i came up with a couple things that i i think are important for you to consider okay and and i don't i don't want this to be too philosophical that's i leave that stuff for shani but uh, i'm trying to practically approach this um as a way to to kind of share some of my thoughts on what I'm seeing. Okay. So number one, I cannot caution you enough with this point. Do not overextend yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to think, especially when you go read an article like, like Palos, right? Where we talk about, uh, yeah, I flipped my way and I, and I got myself out of debt. And you see some people that, you know, they'll open a pack of cards and they'll get that massive hit. They're like, Oh my gosh, a $10,000 iron card. And you think, oh my goodness, what can I do with the ten thousand dollars? But um, and then you, you start to think, okay, well, I I can I can use credit cards. I can I can start to I can borrow a little bit to grab these these optic boxes that I see on the shelves here. Um, you're gonna get yourself in a really hairy situation quick. And and again, I I don't want to I don't want to preach about you know your budgets and all that stuff. But I just I want to remind you. When you're at the height of a market like this, the last thing you want to do is overextend yourself. You want to buy within your means. Okay, I, uh, I think, I think a lot of times we think that you know spending money that we don't have is bad, and, and it's 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 going to it's going to eventually bite us in the butt, and, and it will. I truly believe that. But uh, I think we, in the, from the sports car perspective, we 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 don't understand how it really hurts us, right? We think, okay, well, okay, maybe we have to pay off the interest and all that stuff, or we have to pay off the card. Yes, but I think the problem with extending yourself in sports cards and buying above your means and and you know spending credit card using credit cards to to uh to get your 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 whatever your your wax or your singles is that it puts you in a position. This is the biggest problem with. With, with extending yourself, it puts you in a position where you cannot be patient. When you're spending more than you have in a market like this, and you're but you're buying cards at peak prices in some cases, and you you put yourself in a position, you back yourself in the corner where you where you can't be patient to sell. You you've essentially guaranteed yourself. You've given yourself such small margin for error more likely than not, you're going to lose. Um, so point number one, guys, in a, in a market like this, when we're seeing craziness like this, don't overextend yourself, okay? Now, before we get into points two, three, four, and five, um, let me just, let me clarify kind of where we're at in the market, okay? And I think this will help you have a little bit perspective, a little bit more perspective on kind of what's happening. So if we look at the trailing 30-day numbers in basketball cards and and I can look at baseball and football and it would probably be somewhat similar maybe a, a little bit more equal uh, equalize at least in the football side of things but you would definitely see an increase in baseball too but if you look at the basketball card market from 2019 to 2020 this same 30-day stretch 
Transactional volume is up 62%. There are 62% more transactions happening right now in basketball than a year ago. Crazy. That's 62%. That's significant. Um, that I mean, during a during a five day period for I mean that, that's thousands of extra transactions. Okay. Um, when you look at the actual raw sale, the, the total revenue, the actual sales volume, you're not going to believe this. It's up 140%. 140% year over year. Mind blowing how much more, obviously more transactions, but, uh, but you're seeing, you're seeing more total dollars being spent and like in crazy amounts. We're talking we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, guys. This isn't this is a significant shift. Um, and then when you when you kind of get into the, the middle of those two numbers and you look at the average, the average card price being sold, this is what's mind blowing to me. During that 30-day stretch, the average card price was the average transaction. I shouldn't say card, the average transaction in the basketball card world was $37. Average everything out was $37. The same 30-day period this year, it's $55. $55. So you're 50% increase in the just the ticket sales, the the receipts, uh, the receipt sale. It's crazy, guys. You see this in any other industry, and you think, oh my goodness, we're this is the inflation in this market is just insane. Like how you have to ask yourself, okay, where is all this extra money coming from? Is there a 140% more? value in what we're seeing. And, and I don't think any of us would, would agree with that. I don't think any of us would say you could, you could justify this type of price increase in one year, right? We've never, never seen this in the sports car world in a 12 month period. It's just, it's incredible. And again, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have aligned you know, a lot of a lot of players, right? And this is all driven off of players, and I get that. A lot of players have just hit the market at the right time. Um, whether it's baseball side with the you know Ronald Cunha, you know Soto to Glaber, and that whole stretch in the Shohei world, and um, before that, you know, after that, you got Alonzo, and you got you just got a, a lot of a lot of really good names, young names, and you got a whole other crop coming up there. People are excited about. And then basketball, right? You've had we've had a string of three really good years from the Donovan, Jason Tatum. To the Luca Trey Porter, to now we got obviously the Zion Mania and everything else around you know John Morant and all that craziness. Um, it, it, we're, we're, this is not sustainable, guys. This is not sustainable. We people cannot afford this. I was telling you right now, people cannot afford this. So there, there is going to be a pullback, and and it's it, it a pullback is healthy. It is healthy, and we need it. So I want to preface that before we get into the next points. Okay, so number one point. Do not overextend yourself. Um, do your best to not do that. Okay. Number number two, don't hang around at the top. And and what I mean by that is it's it's really easy uh, in this these types of markets to get drawn to the stars to get you know to think oh my goodness John Morant and Zion Williamson I got to go get the Luka Doncic I got to find value there and look they're 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 rising through the roof for a reason because they are generational players. And I'm not saying don't find ways to spend money on them, but if you hang around that top, that top end, and you think all the glories and the biggest, best in the sport, um, 
I think I think you're gonna get those are the ones where the the two thousand dollar PSA tens I Williamson's. Those are the ones where when 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 money starts to when when money starts to pull back out of the hobby a little bit, uh, you know, you're not gonna see pe- as many people wanting to spend that money, and a pullback to seventeen hundred dollars, right? Well, it's okay. I it's 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 what fifteen percent. Um, that's three hundred bucks, right? And you think about what you could have maybe done with a, lo- a three dollar loss and put that somewhere else. Um, when you're hanging around that top area, you're gonna have some massive swings, and you just gotta be aware of that. Um, you're hanging out up there. Uh, you're, you're playing with the big boys. Then you're gonna see some big swings. And, you know, sometimes in the positive direction, but when when you start to see a pullback, you're gonna see it in the negative direction too. So. Um, there's that fame, the, the mantra is the slow and steady wins the race. Um, I think that absolutely applies in, in sports cards. And so that goes to my point three, which is you can prepare f- for a pullback by finding your lane, finding what you're, you want to focus on, finding your strengths in buying and selling, finding your strengths in evaluating talent. Look, if, if you're in this for collecting and you don't care about valuations and appreciation of cards, I, that's great. But I mean, even as a collector, right? I collect guys that I know I'm not going to sell, but if, I want to see them appreciate in price. You're crazy. The whole argument between collectors and investors, it always cracks me up. It's like, we all want to see our cards go up in value regardless. The investors is not going to hold it that long. The collector is going to hold it through the thick and thin in some cases. And Sometimes this is dumb, but <laughs> regardless, right? We all want to see appreciation. So um, a part of that is finding your strength, finding your lane, finding out what you really want to focus on when you're scattered all over the place. And you see this now in a lot of the message boards. You see this a lot in chat channels and even our Discord channel, right? We get a lot of guys popping in saying, hey, how do I do this? I have this in my hand right now. I opened it. Like, how do I make money on it? It's like, guys, look, time out. Time out. Like you... Before you go spend your money, like learn, educate yourself on what's happening. Educate yourself on how you can, how you can actually strategically approach this product, or maybe what players should I be looking for to uh, to collect or to flip, and all that good stuff. Um, actually, if you want to listen to that piece of this ad nauseum, go listen to uh, Wax Museum's latest one. Kyle did a really good job of, of breaking that down. Um, I think last week's episode, but, but anyway, so point number three, find your lane, stick to your strengths, identify what you're good at and where you want to be in the hobby and what, who you want to collect and how you want to collect them. Uh, and that will help you put yourself in the right mindset. Okay. Um, number four, the tier two and tier three players are absolute gold and I say that a little bit tongue in cheek because, um, because it, it's it's so it's so anti current hobby culture, right? We just don't think we don't think a lot about the tier two, tier three players. But uh, if if you really are looking for a way to be sustainable and to to last long term in the hobby and not blow all your money and and to see yourself upside down really quickly. You have to find a way to be content with grabbing two, you know, tier two, tier three, tier four players and finding value in them and, and learning how to find value in them because that is where the meat is. Okay. 
swing for the fences all you want and you're going to get you're going to get lucky and you're going to hit the big one sometimes with those tier 1 players and that's the gravy but if you can learn how to understand and be excited about some of those tier 2 middle of the pack players that uh, that are undervalued that that people are forgetting about because their focus is over here when it should be over here then then you're it's going to be it's going to be more fun for you it's going to be less um, less risky you're going to see it's going to be a lot less volatile when uh, when you see a market pullback um, because because look the, the, those guys aren't they're, they're not going to see the massive swings because you didn't have a lot of the big money in it um, yet and so you're a little bit more protected against those big massive drops okay um, so so don't, so be okay with that and, and a lot of what we do on the patreon side is right let's let's identify those players in the middle of the pack that people are forgetting about where the stats are showing that they're actually performing you know over here up here when uh, when their value is down here so um, not to say that can't be a part of your larger strategy but just when when we're this when we're, when we're this elevated in price um, there's a ton of value in the middle of the pack a ton of value so don't forget that. Um, and then and then number five, and this is probably probably the most important point. And uh, we, we've belabored this a little bit. In fact, uh, Chad was talking about this in the Discord channel, and I think it's it's an incredible point. Uh, Chad from CNM Sports Cards. You have to be patient. You have to be patient with your prices. Now being patient applies obviously to both ends of the spectrum, whether it's buying or selling. Um, look at that email coming in. But you you have to understand, you have to understand that for you as, as a seller, when you approach a sell, you need to know what what your strategy is going in. Like the, I mean, the race to the bottom is truly, a, it is a race to the bottom. You don't want to be caught in a race to the bottom because there's so many things that have to go right for you to, to consistently win at that game that you're good. It's going to bite you quick in the butt and you're going to be upset because you got, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't find the product. You, your product got delayed. Um, you know what? You marketed it wrong. You sold it wrong. You didn't have time to list it. All these things that have to go right when you're trying to be the first to list and just unload stuff like everyone's doing now, that is not a strategy, guys. That is not a strategy. It is planning to fail. Um, when, when you're when you're selling cards, when you're selling cards, do it with a purpose. Um, and we well, look, we've broke down these numbers so many times uh, on the Patreon and even on you know on the site and and through the Discord channel. Um, it's funny. You always think. By just throwing cards out for auction, you're going to make yourself money because it's going to it's going to go for more than what what you're going to get if you put it up for fixed price. But the the numbers always prove that the patient fixed price best offer sales are almost always higher, always higher than the average for the same card on the auction side, um, and that is because. As a fixed seller, as a, as a as a guy that's accepting offers and going with the strategy, you control the process versus letting anyone else control it. And so, um, tip number five is have a strategy. Have a strategy and sell your card with patience. Buy your cards with patience. 
absolutely buy your cards with patience. That kind of goes back to points two through four. But as a seller, do not rush the sell. Do not rush the sell. Okay. Um, as you're preparing for a pullback, that applies to you uh, because you, you look, it's it's it, there's an op, there's a possibility that everyone could get frustrated and things could happen, and uh, there's a, there's a rush to the bottom again. Um, you want to be you want to be a stable you want to be a stable force in your strategy, and you want to be able to control prices. So, and it's not to say you don't lower your prices, not to say you accept offers. That's just to say you need to. You need to fully be in control of your process, and when you when you're when you're selling your cards, guys, do it with a purpose. Okay. So number one, don't overextend yourself. Number two, don't hang around the top so much. Number three, find your lane. Number four, tier two and three players are absolute gold. And number five, my advice is just be patient with your prices. Okay. So that, that's my, those are my quick ramblings on preparing yourself for a, a pullback. And I will have, I'm sure many more discussions about this in, in the coming months. And hopefully we can do all, everything we can here at Breaker Culture. Sorry for all the notifications, by the way, everything we can at Breaker Culture to, to help you guys navigate the changing waters and the sports car hobby and, and, the, and the crazy side and on sometimes the discouraging side. So anyway, with that, enjoy the rest of your week and weekend, and we'll catch you next week on episode 83. See ya.